Hey, security peeps. We are live with another edition of Breaking Into Cybersecurity. I am Renee Small, cybersecurity super recruiter, helping awesome leaders hire great talent. And I'm here with two amazing people. First, my co-host for today, Professor Roger. Yes. How you doing? <laughs> I am excited. I'm so excited for both of the folks that are here. And our guest for today is Galen Fassler. Fassler, crush. Fassler. Yeah. Nice seeing you again, Galen. Nice to see you too, Renee. Thanks for having me on again. So we're excited because Galen was one of our first guests, probably like four years ago, three and a half years ago. Uh, I think it was about two. Okay. Yeah, time, it was. Time is flying. Yeah, it, well, I mean, pandemic time. It was uh, 2020 when you were doing uh, one person a day for Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Yes, yes. Yep. And you know what's funny? Someone asked me, are you going to do one person a day? I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Like, I wouldn't blame you if you didn't do it, but it was also so fun, you know? Oh, so. my God. It was a lot of fun. Maybe if I have the energy in me, I could do that again. Yeah, you need a co-host. You need Professor Roger to help you. I need Professor Roger. <laughs> you can tag team it. I was just about to say, Professor Roger, I'm, I'm going to recruit you um, okay. for Cyber Awareness Month, and we could get a day, a daily dose of all these amazing people. Um, but Galen was on a few years ago sharing, yeah, I remember what, that. sharing you know, what, how she broke into cyber. So Galen, I'm going to have you redo that, share like how you broke in, and then fast forward to what you're doing now. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, so um, I went to grad school in 2016 uh, for criminology. So I have a master's in criminology. Um, I did that because at the time I was working a front desk job that was a little bit dead end. Um, there wasn't a ton of room for growth there. So um, I kind of looked at what I really wanted to do. And I decided that I needed more education to get there. So I did my master's. Um, while I was doing my master's, I had the opportunity to take a couple of classes in information assurance and like uh, computer forensics, cyber criminology. Um, and it really piqued my interest. I had had some people tell me, you know, I should go into this field. And I was always like, no, no, I'm not smart enough and I'm not technical enough. There's no way. Um, but then taking those courses, I was like, oh, I can learn this stuff. That's great. So I got involved with the community is kind of the first thing I did um, as we're here to talk about. It's really hard to get your foot in the door. So um, I had people tell me, you know, go to networking events. And that was really hard for me because I'm an introvert. Um, I'm not as bad of an as like a shy introvert anymore. But going to these networking events, um, I got to meet a lot of really great people who put me in touch with other really great people. Um, and so actually, I started uh, volunteering as a board member for a women's group trying to help women get into security. Um, met a lot of great people that way. Um, got Security Plus. Finally, I've been applying for jobs with no luck, um, got Security Plus and actually was just on LinkedIn one day. I think LinkedIn is sometimes an overlooked networking tool. And um, so I was on there just sharing something that I'd learned and a recruiter reached out and was like, hey, you seem like you're really interested and, and passionate about this field. Let's chat. Um, and he didn't have a job for me at the time. And he's like, I'll call you when I do. And I was like, yeah, all right. Talk to you never. And then he, he called me a few months later and he said, hey, we got the job. Send me your resume. Let's get you interviewed. Um, and that's how I got my first job. So it definitely took a long time. Um, once I finished my master's and then decided I did want to be in cyber, it probably took me about a year and about 100 applications to get that first job. Um, but I feel like for me, it was all about being involved in the community and showing that maybe I don't have the experience that some people are looking for, but I want to be here. 
That that is awesome. Uh, I teach a class or a workshop on LinkedIn, the power of LinkedIn. I would love for you to come uh, speak to you know the women there. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. That's awesome. So Galen, um, you know, and I, I don't want this to be lost on folks that the networking component on LinkedIn, because you said that one of the points you made is that it's overlooked. And so networking on LinkedIn, sharing what you were doing. So you had no experience at the time. You were just in the community. And when you say in the community, you were helping support the women's organization. And which organization is that, if you don't mind us? Well, so that was called League of Women in Cybersecurity. It was local to North Carolina where I'm at. Um, they no longer exist. But then after they dissolved, um, I did join Women in Cybersecurity for a while. So I was a board member for the North Carolina chapter of Women in Cybersecurity. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's a great organization, too. Um, for I mean, all are welcome, um, but especially for women and minorities, it's a great place to uh, learn and meet people. And if you want to have a group of people who support you in anything and everything, that's the group. Sweet. So now fast forward two years. So you were in your old, you were in the role. What, what kind of role did you start as? Um, so I started, uh, my first job was identity and access management. Um, so that was working a ticket queue, um, really great experience learning to interact with users and seeing kind of what their pain points are and, you know, how they interact with what we're doing. Um, and then I went to more of a general generalist role. Um, so I got to do the whole, whole security stack, you know, threat and vulnerability management, data loss prevention, investigations, um, all kinds of fun stuff. And then now I do uh, security awareness and training, which is actually, I didn't know it when I started, but where I really wanted to end up. Um, so I've been in security awareness now for almost three years, um, doing it full time. I've kind of always been involved in it, but, uh, yeah, I love getting to interact with users and have them tell me like, well, I don't understand that. And I'm like, yes, I know. Can I, can I try to explain it to you? Can I try to help you do this thing? Um, so yeah. Are you doing security awareness on a consumer end or more business end? Um, so I do it internally for our organization. Is oh, that what you mean? Okay. Yeah. So I'm um, talking to, I work at a, an organization with about 40,000 end users. So we are, um, we set up phishing campaigns, we do presentations and trainings, we make videos, um, kind of the whole, the whole stack right now, um, kind of a mad dash for cybersecurity awareness month, but yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. 40,000 users. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> oh, it's a big org. It's it's overwhelming a lot of the time, but yes, uh, yes. I'm enjoying it. That's great. And what made you when you said you you um you got to you're now in security awareness and you realized that that's where you always wanted to be. What you know, what was your thought process? Like how did you get to that point and what made you think, "Oh, this is really like my sweet spot in security?" That's a great question. Um, I think part of me at first actually wanted to kind of avoid security because it seems like kind of the softer side of of the industry, if you will, right? Like everybody wants you to be technical. And a lot of people, especially as you're starting out, if you're not technical, they kind of discount you and what you know. So I kind of avoided it at first. But then once I got to it, the thing that really like made me excited is 
I've been in the place where I didn't think that I could understand the stuff and where I didn't think I could learn it and where it felt overwhelming. So I can empathize with users who say that kind of stuff to us. And then I can tell them, but yes, you can learn this. Um, we put a really big focus in our training program of teaching people just a few things. So we're not trying to teach people everything that they need to know about security, but like what are one or two things that they can take back and help with, will help them stay more secure at work and at home. And so getting to take that where I came from of like, no, I can't do this. This is so scary to being like, it's still scary, but now for different reasons, because I know all the things that can go wrong, but it's absolutely learnable. That's so cool, because I think sometimes people are in the exact position you're in. You know, like anytime we hear a lot, a lot around folks who say, oh, I'm only, you know, you have to be technical, or especially when you're going into, you know, coming into security from all different aspects, folks tend to immediately go down the road of like, I have to, and, it, and it's good to have these skills, right? But I have to be a coder. I have to do this. I have to do that. When right. every area of security is not like that. So Correct. getting to the point where you've, you know, got kind of done some reflection, like, oh, this is where I thought I was. Now I can help people who are like me. That's like a perfect place to end up. Yeah. And I will say the the practical hands-on experience I got in those first few roles has been really invaluable. Um, but I think too, I work in an organization where if I want to learn something, if I want to go to our other teams and say, Hey, can you help me, like, help me figure out what this is? Um, I absolutely do. I I'm in that environment. So, um, if there's something I'm trying to learn, I am encouraged to do that. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's really enjoyable for me getting to talk to people about security. I'm very passionate about it. Um, and so it's, it is a sweet spot that this industry exists and that security awareness is becoming more, um, I guess, popular, more of a common job that, you know, companies are realizing they need dedicated security awareness people. And that's awesome. Perfect. If anyone has questions, I know, I know, um, Jess Bender, he said that he asked if there's a, if there's a time for Q and A, the entire half an hour is Q and A. So <laughs> that's all we do. Please, yeah. We ask a lot of questions. And the reason why, you know, for, for anyone that's new here, um, we started breaking into cybersecurity because all of there are so many folks that we know who had degrees, who went back to school, um, who were trying to transition and had such a struggle transitioning into the field. So the purpose of bringing on people like Galen, Professor Roger, or, you know, Professor Roger is now our co-host, but I mean, our yeah, our, our um, co-host, but bringing on folks like this is because they're in the industry. They are, you know, quote unquote, boots on the ground. Like they know what's going on more than we do. Um, and so they can share their experiences from actually doing it. Not me as a recruiter telling you, this is what I'm seeing. Galen, actually, this is what she did. So we encourage questions. This is a very fluid, open um, space where we typically, you know, especially a year or two ago, the questions would just be flying in. So please continue to ask questions. That's what we want. Um, so Galen, what do you think are, is going to be your... Um, your next steps like you've already you're in the place where you want to be but I know folks like you don't stay one place for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that's a good question um 
So I've I've been uh, doing some more volunteer work, but internally at my company, I lead our um, LGBTQ plus employee resource group. Um, and it's been a really good exercise in leadership. And that's kind of where I've always wanted to end up is is helping people in their careers, like as a manager. Um, and so that's definitely something I'm interested in, although I will say it makes me doubt my leadership skills all the time because there's so much work to do. Um, and it's it's a little nerve wracking. But yeah, I think um, leadership making an impact. Uh, I'm not sure exactly where or what that would look like. But yeah, for now, um, still just trying to keep keep my education current. Um, I've been got a long reading list that I was hoping to get more through this summer that I, I didn't really get through because I've been traveling a lot, which has been great, but exhausting. Um, but yeah, I just finished the security culture playbook by um, Perry Carpenter and Kai Rower, and it was great. Um, I actually got to meet Perry at the Sand Security Awareness Summit, and he gave me his other books, so now oh, I've got nice. more reading to do. So yeah. You got him signed? Uh, yeah, I did actually. Okay, you could convert that to an NFT. You'd be uh, I know, winner. right? Do those still have value? I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, we have a question here from Glenn. What training or avenues are best to enter cyber as a newbie? It's a great question. Um, so ISC Squared actually just put out like a brand mm -hmm. new beginner entry level certification. Um, we partnered with them for the pilot of that cert. So a oh, bunch of our staff members took the um, like the pilot test for it. Uh, it's a great cert, though, for entry level people. I always recommend Security Plus. Um, you learn a lot while you're doing Security Plus. You can learn a lot about what you're interested in and a lot about the industry in general. I do think for me, certifications are kind of a double edged sword because you are supposed to have experience to get the cert but you have to have the cert to get the experience. And so it's kind of a weird cycle, but um, in my experience, it's definitely worth it. Um, those are really great though, if you can be self-paced. So if you can keep yourself on track, um, if you need the motivation of a class or something, there's a ton of boot camps out there for you to take. So there's a lot of resources. And I think like for me, it just depended on my own motivation levels. I needed a study buddy to help me stay motivated to actually get my two certs done because I was like, yeah, I'm studying for Security Plus, and I wasn't doing anything. So then I met I met my friend Gina, and uh, we kind of helped keep each other accountable, and we studied together, and that was really important. So it's all about your personality for me. Right now, in your in your journey, you started off at help desk. Uh, right? No front desk, not even help desk, well, just well, front, front desk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's that. You know, a lot of people say start help desk. Do you recommend that or is there a better way? Help I desk is not really cyber, you know, that's like, you know, a whole different avenue. Yeah, I think a lot of people are really well in intentioned when they recommend help desk because you learn a ton on help desk, right? You do need some knowledge of the systems and um, some of the stuff that you do, I don't think it's necessary. I never went to help desk, um, except I identity and access a little bit was help desky and mm -hmm. you had to troubleshoot stuff and, you know, answer tickets. But, um, I, I really think it depends on your drive. Um, you can learn a ton of the stuff that you'd learn on help desk doing, um, all of the free, like some of the free trainings. So I think it just depends on what you're like where you're at in life, I guess, because I had a job when I was looking, so I didn't need something immediately. I didn't need like 
you know, a help desk job per se. Um, cause I didn't, I was already supporting myself. So, uh, like whenever I talk to people, it's so hard because I know how it worked for me and I can recommend that, but there are so many different ways people get into the field. Um, there's, I don't think there's one right way for everybody. Right. I agree with you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think that, um, I, and I think I, what I like about the point that you made is that you had a job. And a lot of people give in two points that you made that you know how you got in, but everybody's journey is different. And I think we get a lot of misguided, very well-intentioned um, misguided advice to people, because if you have a job, you're not going to quit your job and then go work at the help desk and, you know, take a huge cut, salary cut potentially, just to climb up to try to get into security. You know, if you don't have anything and you're working at Starbucks, then yes, go get a help desk job. You know, like that's something into technology that you can begin to learn and do something. But if you're already in a field, if you're in the field and you're doing work already, giving that piece of advice doesn't really help. Right. So I appreciate you saying, you know, depending on what where you are in your stage of life, if you are a high school student and you haven't yet, you know, you just graduated or you're in college or, you know, early what I consider or what HR professionals call early career talent. So under five years experience, then that could be an option. But if you're a seasoned professional, somebody, you know, what if, you know, Professor Roger wanted to now be on the you know, do something else completely different. He's not going to drop down if he was a professor of something else that could trans, you know, the skills could be transferable. Is he going to drop down and go into, you know, help desk? No. So. Exactly. Right. Appreciate um, it. We, we, we have another question um, for Jess Bender. Hope I said his name right. I have recently completed a cyber boot camp and have been trying to connect with people in order to secure my first role. What techniques on LinkedIn or other sites, places, did you, you use to secure your first role? Great question. Um, so one thing I recommend doing is um, finding security practitioners on LinkedIn. Um, find the ones that have a lot of followers because they have a lot of followers for a reason. So follow them. Look at what they're posting. Um, if you see something interesting, interact with it. Comment on it. Um, share a story, share or ask a question, something, um, connect with as many security practitioners as will let you security. People aren't always willing to do that. Um, I know for me, if there's no note with the connection request and we have less than five connections in common, I don't accept it. Um, so like write a note about why you want to connect with them. Um, find some, somebody that does what you're interested in cyber. If you already know that you want to be in like incident response, <coughs> excuse me, or forensics or something, find people who do that and message them and say, you know, I'm looking to learn more. And also understand that people probably can't just give you a job. Um, I, I get connected and requests a lot that are like, I want to get into the field. And I'm like, I'm happy to kind of give you advice, but I can't actually hand you a job. And that's really frustrating for everyone involved. But building those connections and kind of being patient, um, I think for me is the best way to go. Okay. Um, another thing, who is Carter to you? <laughs> <laughs> the, 
Carter texted me in, in my DMs. He said, hi, who is Carter? Or, yeah. Someone named Carter messaged you? You know a Carter. My cat is Carter. Yes, there you go. <laughs> it's uh, this kitty. This kitty's Carter. This is Chuck. Yes, exactly. Where, where's Carter? Carter's <laughs> huge. She's that one. She's a, she's a Ravenclaw. Chuck's a Slytherin. Yes, yes. Yeah. Definitely. That's funny. That is too funny. Um, so to Galen's point, you know, one of the things that we, we always say in terms of networking is that you don't want to lead with, with asking for a job. Like we know that everyone's looking, everyone's entertaining opportunities, but you don't want to ping someone asking for a job. And um, yes. unless they're the hiring manager for something that you've already applied for. Yes. Unless it's very specific. Like I applied to this role. Can you please take a look at my LinkedIn? These are the reasons why I'm a good fit, you know, something like that. But just, you know, networking and saying, do you have a job for me? Or I'm looking for a job. Is yeah, a kind of turn off. Yeah. Uh, so provide some kind of value. And when you say, when we say, value volunteer you know asking for advice is always huge um and and even still like advice is so broad like when you say I, i'm looking for your advice you know it you you try to get as specific as possible try to ask a very specific question so that someone can respond um with a specific answer versus very broad, generic, how do I get into security? Because everyone's probably going to point you to some books and some go to ISC. You know, like we're going to point you to those. You come to us generic, we're going to respond generic. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm going to tell you, go back and view all of the breaking into cybersecurities and listen to what all the people said that have been on the show. Um, but if it's very, very niche and specific, even if I don't have the answer, I can point you to somebody who does. People come to me all the time and say, you know, they need jobs and I'm a recruiter. So that's a little bit different. Um, but right. even still, it's very specific. Like, what kind of job are you looking for? So I get, for example, I don't really get a lot of I don't place a lot of people in sales security roles. But people reach out to me and say, I am looking for a sales executive sales. You know, I did this, this, this and sales. I know exactly who to point them to. I point them to Mimi Gross because she does sales and security. So that's like, an, a, you know, I know exactly where to point them. If someone's asking me, you know, I, I, I want to learn how to be an architect, a security architect, I'm going to immediately point them to the, I can't tell you what to do, but I can show you and point you to people who that's what they do. So if you are really specific, I just wanted to add that in because I get a lot of generic messages and they just go into a black hole. Like I can't do anything other than say, go back and watch Breaking Into Cyber and read our book and read, you know, everyone else's books and things like that. But when you come specific, we can give you a specific answer. Well, do you find too that some people just kind of like put it all on you as a recruiter to be like, hello, give me a job. Oh, yeah. They just get ignored. Like I can't. Well, <laughs> a couple of things happen. You know, we are recruiters are especially ex an external recruiter like myself. We our clients are the companies, the people who are engaging us to hire talent. So I always say for people who are breaking into security, an external recruiter is not even going to be able to really help you at all. That's like the last person on the list that you want to connect with. 
And then um, you can connect with some internal recruiters. So let's say, for example, you want to get into Google or Microsoft or something, and you know an internal cybersecurity recruiter there, you can connect with those people, with those folks, because they have those internal junior level roles. But no company, well, I won't, I can't say no, because it has happened occasionally. But out of a hundred open positions that I would receive, maybe one would be an internship or one would be an entry level. And it's some carryover and they're like, hey, can you, we're not getting resumes or the right fit or whatever. Can you help me with this too? And so it's not the core of what most seasoned cybersecurity external headhunter recruiters work on. And I did air quotes around headhunter, um, but recruitment agencies, right? We don't work on typically stuff like that. So we, so when, um, you know, a message comes in like that and I get, probably 400 messages sometimes I mean sometimes my email is just completely blowing up so you get so many messages in a day it just ends up going into an ignore bucket unfortunately or sometimes I point them to if I can if you know if it's something where like you know I need career advice I'll point him to Chris because he gives career advice you know um so but yes they people tend to do that but I think they're just spamming people like they don't even some of them don't even write you know, if if they took the time to say I was watching Breaking Into Cyber, blah 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 blah, I was mm-hmm. that. But, but very often I get like these generic blank messages, and it's only twenty four hours in a day. Yeah, yeah. Don't right. spam recruiters. That's the message. <laughs> it doesn't help anybody. No. <laughs> so, so Galen, I'm going to show one of Galen Jim's on the screen, and. You explain it to us. Oh no. <laughs> All right. When yeah. gyms, expect change, ex- embrace change, change is good. Where are you finding these gems? Dang. Um, I <laughs> mean, do you look. Mean by that? The only thing that you can expect in life is just that it's unexpected. I, I, in my career so far, my cyber career, which I'm coming up on four years next month, which is very exciting. I'm almost qualified for entry-level jobs. Um, The things, some of the best things that happen are not expected. Um, And for you to take advantage of it, you just got to go with it. Um, The last job I had, I kind of got poached. So they were like, hey, we know that you're really good at your job. Come work with us. And I was like, yeah, okay. I really liked where I worked. Um, I liked what I was doing. I didn't think I'd be there long-term, but certainly I thought I'd be there longer than I ended up being there. Mm-hmm. But because this other company came in and said, hey, you know, we've got this opportunity. I will say it didn't end up that well, which is where more change comes in because then I had to pivot myself and make other things happen because I wasn't happy at that job. But yeah, you if you are gonna like... Um, not go with the change, not accept that things things are unexpected. If, it, if it's always like bothering you, it's just not gonna, you're not, I, that's just gonna make a life harder, honestly, um, from my perspective. Okay, okay. Uh, we have a question by um, Cantwell. Let me see if I could post this up here. It's pretty long, but I'm just going to read the question part. Do you think I can get a job with these certs or 
or I need to go for master's degrees in order to enter the field. And they have a security plus and a CISA. Yeah. Uh, personally, I would not recommend getting a master's. Um, with your certs, I, I, that should be absolutely enough. Yeah, um, I would wonder for if the reason for your question is you're not getting jobs. Um, I would be curious, like if you're if you're applying and not getting anything, I would kind of be curious as to uh, what kind of networking and all of that that that's happening for you. But yeah, personally, I wouldn't recommend it. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of time. Um, and from like an industry perspective, a lot of us don't really know what's being taught in those programs. So they don't hold that much more um, like clout, if you will, for us over Security Plus or the the CYSA, because we know what you learn when you do Security Plus. We don't know what you learn in the master's program. All right. Now, Stephen, uh, Stephen asked the question, why is it called breaking into cyber? <laughs> I, I thought it was just a fun word, but but technically, you broke into cyber, right? You had to break the seal. You call it breaking the glass, right? Yeah. yeah. Can you explain that? What you mean by breaking the glass? I want to answer too, but go, go ahead, Galen. With your um, goodness, I bet Renee has a better answer than. Yeah. <laughs> I'll jump in with Yeah, you go first. <laughs> I'll go first. So we called it breaking into cyber, Stephen, because we had, when Chris and I started this journey four years ago, I cannot even believe this. Um, we were getting a lot of people like Galen at the time, back then, who were struggling to break into the industry. So we, um, Chris was getting folks reaching out to him. I had people reaching out to me and I was actually pretty surprised that there were so many people that couldn't break in because I was on the other side or the more seasoned side and I'm seeing how many roles we could not fill. So as a recruiter, and at first I was recruiters and I was a recruiter in a number of Fortune 100, mostly financial services companies. And we were struggling to find talent to break into to bring into the industry. On the flip side, Galen and her peers at the time were struggling to break into the industry. So we decided to create this um, live stream pod. We call it a podcast. It's really a live um, where we would have people who have broken in to the industry, literally break because we felt like it's like you have to break into this industry. It's not, you know, the door isn't wide open for uh, people who don't have experience and bring on folks like Galen and other um other early career people who this was like their first job. And so our very first episode, I think our, the first, first episode was, um, gosh, his name is slipping my mind, but he's uh, British. And he just talks about how he applied. Like Galen said, I applied to a hundred jobs. You know, people have been going on 40 interviews, hundreds of applications. And so we wanted to kind of have a space where we said, you're not alone, you know, like, this is what it's taking to get into this industry right now. It's unfortunate. I think it makes me sick to my stomach that we have all of these millions of jobs open and it, it's taking people hundreds of applications to break in. And, you know, these interviews, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And it's not the person's, it's the industry's fault. It's not the individual's fault. 
Um, but if you want to get in, this is what you have to do. So this was like a space where we could share knowledge, share really um, from, from people who actually were um, breaking in. And I think one of our cats are breaking in. Which one is yeah. that? Chuck's trying to come up. He's, no. uh, he's just crying at me. No, and no. to add to that, um, there tend to be a lot of barriers to entry in this industry. And so for people who are coming from outside of tech, so like I didn't work in tech at all. Um, uh, so for people coming out from outside of that world, you do kind of have to, you have to break down those barriers in order to get in. So for me, that's what breaking into security means. But I like well, Renee's answer so that I could piggyback off. Of <laughs> and also that 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 leads to your passion, uh, D, E, and I, right? Yeah. Right. So um, um, what are you doing for that uh, diverse? And explain what that is. Yeah. Uh, D, E, and I stands for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, a lot of people will also add B into that at the end for belonging. Oh, um, I didn't know that part. But yeah, D E I and B. It's a, yeah, it's a whole. Look. We love our acronyms. Um, yeah. So my work in D E and I focuses primarily internally at my company on um, trying to help people. Again, like to Renee's point earlier, realize they're not alone. So for me, that's the LGBTQ plus community at work. Um, realize helping to, them to realize that they have allies, friends, um, people who can understand them within our own organization. Um, and people that you can connect with who can kind of help you navigate work or um, meet new people, that kind of thing. So uh, really focusing on being able to bring your whole self to work, being able to feel like you'll be accepted at work. We've had people mm -hmm. since we started the group say, you know, I was able to come out to one of my colleagues today because of this group kind of a thing. Um, and so, and that DE&I extends to, so uh, the women's networking group, women in cyber that I mentioned, um, they focus a lot on once, like getting women into the industry, but then also making sure that they succeed once they're there. Because I think the, the rate of women who don't even make it to 10 years in the industry is like extremely high. Um, wow. So it's that kind of, I think we, we, we mentioned this earlier, like, uh, no, it was on the, <laughs> the summit that I'm attending today. Um, Getting into the industry is one thing, but being welcomed, feeling like you're that you belong in the industry, succeeding in the in the industry is a whole other thing. Um, so it's really creating that safe space for is what I focus on. Okay, um, I got one more gym, and then we're going to get out of here. All right, one more of Galen's gyms. Right, you know it's funny on TikTok, the biggest or most watched TikTok is people pulling oysters, I mean, pulling gems out of oysters. I don't know, that's, <laughs> and put it in the bag. Have you seen that? It is crazy, right? So that's what I'm doing. I'm pulling out the gym, your gems out. So I thought, I, second, I thought security people didn't go on TikTok. I, oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not on TikTok. Mm -mm. Oh, so you got to get on TikTok. Listen, Roger, what's going on here? <laughs> Oh man. I just so told somebody the other gym. day, I was like, get off of TikTok. And they're like, really? Yes. Maybe that's the gym. All right. Here's, yeah. um, here's a gym that you have said in your life, all right, to people. Find, mm -hmm. uh, you know, can you explain this? <clears throat> um, so I guess I'll I'll start by start this by saying like I am gay. Um, and for a long mm -hmm. time, that was hard for me to accept because I didn't have other people like that in my life. So 
Um, I didn't know if I would be successful. I didn't know if I could live a happy life being out. Um, finding people who knew what that meant, who went through the same struggles, who have been embraced by their families, by their communities, helped me um, kind of grow into myself. And it's not just like people in that that community, it's all your people, right? So um, I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm originally from Colorado though. And for my first few years here in North Carolina, I was like, I don't know that I like it here. But yeah. then I found my people, right? So I just, I didn't have friends before. And so then once I found my friends, people who will watch Broncos games with me and who will go to softball games with me and who will do all these things, um, it made a huge difference in just making me feel more comfortable in my life. Um, that uh, applies to your career, right? So um, I have an amazing boss right now. Um, who has helped me achieve really awesome things in my career already. Um, she, uh, we're actually going down to Orlando next week to speak at a conference together. Um, it's all about finding people who support you, who uplift you, who accept you. Um, and it'll, it's, it makes such a huge difference for accepting, for you to accept yourself in your life, being comfortable in your own skin. For a long time, I felt uncomfortable all the time and I didn't know why. And then like, I kind of explored all the things and was like, oh, this is why I feel uncomfortable. Um, and it was those people who helped me kind of get to be me. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. I know we got one more question. Renee, you want to? Um... Yes, and I know you answered it, though. And Galen, that's that's so powerful what you just said. Very powerful. Tom had asked earlier about the GCIH versus the CASP plus, and he asked Professor Roger, you, if you had any recommendations on either or. Did we answer this? I'm just. I was talking to him on the chat, but um, if Galen wants to uh, address it. Um, I don't have thoughts on those two certs personally. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. All right. Awesome. So. Folks, this has been amazing. Galen, thank you so much for coming yes, back. Yes, thank you, Galen. Yes, I, thank you for I, having I, me. really enjoyed speaking with you in the follow-up. It's always fun to have folks that have been on a few years ago and to come back and see where you are now. So yes. I'm excited for you to come back in the future and tell thank us, you. you know, hey, I'm doing this. I'm leading this. This is what we're doing now. So yeah. Fun um, fact, though, Renee, the last time I was on, it was like the day before I was set to give my first conference presentation and I've done like four since then, two oh, just this year. Right. So, you know, that's and third one coming up. So that's very exciting. Very, very exciting. Very exciting. So, um, folks, we'll see you back here again next Friday. I think Chris Fallon will be back to, you know, run this show on Friday <laughs> again. I made a guest <laughs> appearance, bombed his show. <laughs> Appreciate you, though. It's great to see you. I know, I know. I've been so busy. It's like unbelievably busy right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we look forward to seeing everyone here again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern. And then we do our CISO Thursdays on Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. So we'll see you hopefully in both locations next week. Take care, everybody. Have a good weekend. Happy birthday, Bye, Mom. Happy birthday, Mom. <laughs>